Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic Indie Creator interview. It's your Cape Bruce and we're keeping it geekly with our returning guest, Todd Black. We're here to break down his awesome series, Tokyo Blade Detectives, issue one through seven, and everything in between. Todd, we've had you on the show, you know, episode 28, episode 236, and now episode, I think this is like, what, like 377, 378? Like, man, holy crap, uh, it's nice to have you back. What's been up since the last time that you've been on? Oh, just working the comics hustle there, Cody. And it props to you for having increasingly large gaps between our episodes when I return. <laughs> just hardest, one of the hardest working people in comics right now, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, I, I appreciate that. You, you keep saying that. My head's going to get too big. You know, I won't be able to leave the room. I'll, have, I'll be embedded in this room because I will not be able to leave through that doorway. Uh, before we dive into too much of, you know, that comic chat, let's begin with you. I mean, you know, what do you, you know, the last time we had you on was for issue six. How did that Kickstarter go for you? How how fulfillment it go? It went really well. We had a 90 backers, which isn't too bad, and especially for an indie guy like me. And uh, everything got done. And then we just went right into work with number seven, which is what I'm here for today. And starting on some other comic projects, including a heist comic that I might talk about a little bit later, tease for you. And I might be starting up another new comic soon. So just working my own hustle, trying to get all the ideas out of my head. Yeah, you got a lot of series. I mean, just on Kickstarter alone, you know, you had Tokyo Blade Detectives, 10,000 Miles, Home, 1 through 5, and Guardians 1 through 5. I mean, give us some other series that you've worked on. Well, like you said, I had a I, my first very first comic series was called Guardians, and it's my my take on the superhero genre. We did that for 20 issues before stopping so I could work on some of the other ideas I had. Home is a sci-fi fantasy miniseries. You can get uh, that along with Guardians of 10,000 Miles on Amazon if you want, or on the Kickstarter, which I'll talk about later. Uh, that was a five-issue miniseries. That was actually my first Kickstarter success, which I will always hold in high regard. Uh, 10,000 Miles is my take on a Disney Pixar-style story, including like a watercolor kind of art style, which is really unique. Uh, let's see. Then we got Tokyo. I've also done one called uh, Seekers of Science, which is an educational comic. I've made with two really good friends of mine, Dr. Tracy Fanara and Tamara Robertson. Uh, I've also written Sherlock Holmes novels, and I've done anthologies. One that is actually coming out soon called Hairology. Not that I know anything about hair. No, clearly not. Uh, you might know one of the people who made it, uh, Kat Kamalia and then uh, Phil Falco. So they're really good people. So yeah, just trying to make all the stories. <laughs> maybe it's Todd, maybe it's Maybelline. I mean, give us, give us, your, uh, give us your routine, give us your secrets. How do you keep that hair so luscious, man? Well, if you must know, I go to bed, I try to sleep, I wake up, and I go to the mirror, and I go, done. You're welcome. And this isn't even my final form, it. Cody. This is, the, this, this is the shower form. Like, it's still trying to get to final form. Once it's in final form, it's all the way to here. You Have you ever head... strained it? Have you ever, like, seen how long it, it, it really gets? I mean, it can't really tell, but, like, this is the back, and it gets... Shoo! <laughs> I have not, I don't know if I told you this last time, but I have not cut this hair since 2019. Is there a reason? Like, are you just trying to see how, how long you can get it? Or is, is oh, it like some sort of like... Yeah, that actually is the basis of that anthology hairology that I told you about. Uh, in December 2019, I was growing out my hair and my mom and dad, they don't like my hair. Parents are supposed to be supportive, Cody. And they didn't like my hair. And so mom's birthday is in December and she goes, Todd, I'll make you a deal. If you cut your hair before my birthday and thus for, before Christmas, I will never ask you to cut your hair again. And I go, deal. <laughs> and I, and they, to this day, mom does not know why she said that line, but she said that line and I took advantage and I've been growing it ever since. And I don't even think about going to the hair 
cut place and they have cut their word they have not told me to take get my hair cut they have advised occasionally but they have not <laughs> enforced it and so that is why you see these beautiful curly locks in front of you or my fro as i like to call it we have a uh, our good friend uh, over on Twitch, uh, Captain B Dub. We keep in it geekly while I'm at work. Much love, Todd. Todd's hair is fantastic. Thank you for joining us while at work. Make sure to stick it to the man by staying tuned and listening the entire shift. We got you covered. Uh, <laughs> we're more so, attained to your job. Come on, <laughs> Todd. Give us a little bit about the series that we're here to talk about today. I mean, we've had you on for issue five, issue six. I mean, but. Kind of, you know, how do you churn out so many different ideas? You know, where did Tokyo Blade Detectives really come from? Okay, I, I, I don't know if you talked about this on your show before, but this is arguably my favorite origin story for a comic. Because Cody, I came up with Tokyo Blade Detectives because of a Facebook meme. <laughs> Not, if I'm lying, I'm dying. So I was on, this was like 20... 16 i want to say something like that 2016 2017 and i was on facebook randomly you know doom scrolling like all kid all kids our age do and i came across maybe it was one of those you know, insert a letter to get an answer kind of thing mm -hmm. and it was what is your anime and i'm like okay that sounds fun yeah, let's do that so it was first letter of your first name t uh what first letter of your last name b last letter of your first name d t b d and i'm like Okay, that's fine. So I looked down at Tokyo Blade Detectives. Now, at the time, the first Deadpool movie was coming out with Ryan Reynolds. And uh, one of the lines by Weasel is, Deadpool sounds like a franchise. And, and I've always liked that line. And so I go, Tokyo Blade Detectives, dot, dot, dot. Sounds like a franchise. I hit enter the comments, and I left. That was it. I was done. I, I, didn't, I didn't even want to think about it anymore. And I go back to Facebook a few hours later, and I see I got a reply. And I'm like, who's this guy? I don't know who this is. And so I click on it and it's from the meme. And it goes, you know, that does sound like a franchise. Why, why don't you run with it? And I'm like, okay, let's, let's think about this. So Tokyo blade detectives. What does that, what does that mean? Okay. So Tokyo set in Japan, obviously detectives, modern day mysteries, some action, but blade blade was the sticking point. Cause I'm like, why would a detective need a blade in modern day Japan or potentially future Japan? And then that's when the line hit my head. In a land where guns are outlawed, only the blade can rule. And mm. boom! Like the floodgates opened, and all of a sudden I started like having a rush of ideas. I had to do something I never really do, and that's actually t write down the stuff I was thinking about. Because usually I can retain it all. But this was like too much. I was like, no, okay, we gotta have this, we gotta have this, we gotta have this. <laughs> and so I started like it was just so much and i i wrote the idea of like the bad guys the main characters where this was why there's no tech why the technology was what it was having the laser swords instead of guns and everything and it just it just boomed and then my problem was holy crap this is a great idea i can't actually work on it right now <laughs> because i had my other comics i was doing i was finishing up Ten Thousand miles at home and then these other things that i had been working on uh for a while i'm like Okay, just wait. And then once I was ready, I had to find the right artist because I needed this to feel like an anime, mm -hmm. but in comic form. And so I went through like multiple artists, including a, a dear friend of mine, Alex Garcia, who does like most of my other series. And eventually I found a guy named Lam Vivan who lives out in uh, Vietnam, believe it or not. And we just start working on it and it was a big hit. We, we hit it hard on uh, the first issue and just kept going. And now here we are. 
with Tokyo Blade Detectives number seven, our second arc of the series. And we got some big things popping, and I'm very excited. Big things popping, little things stopping. We got uh, B-Dub saying that is a dope-ass name, not going to lie. Yeah, I think it's a pretty awesome name as well. Yeah. Uh, let's give a shout-out to the rest of the creative team, though. Uh, so who, el- who else is involved with this project? So, of course, I... I'm your writer and creator. Lon Vivon is our interior artist. Alex Garcia, who I just mentioned, is our cover artist. And we've at, this is actually another weird thing about the comic. I've had like basically an editor per issue. <laughs> Something always happens to my editors. I don't get it. But I've had numerous uh, editors over the just jealous the, of the hair. I think one of them was. No, I'm joking. Um, but now I've had a David Hayes, Casey Pierce, Jane Curry, and now my recurring one for this current arc is a, is a good friend of mine named matt shore he's actually also a comic book creator so I, I try and keep it in the family if you will so i got a good i got a good team they're good they're good people and uh I'm, I'm i'm grateful to all of them for helping me make this really fun idea come to life so uh yeah and i appreciate you cody asking to hear about the whole team because a lot of people don't they're just like, oh, let's talk, let's talk about you, Todd. I'm like, and I'm fine. But as you'll see on my Kickstarter, I have a meet the team section so that everyone knows exactly who does what because the team are just as important as me, if not more, because I can't draw with crap. <laughs> I always love shouting out the team when it, uh, whenever I can. So uh, let's talk a little bit about these laser swords. How, how do they work? Are they retractable? Do they do they stay yes. in laser form the entire time? If they're retractable, let's uh, counter you know on on top of that. You know, what does that imply when they're fighting? Are they able to, like, retract it while fighting and then, like, re-like, you know? Because that's, like, a thing with uh, Star Wars, uh, with uh, lightsabers. People, they always huh. thought about, you know, when you swing, like, why wouldn't you retract it and then, like, follow through afterwards and just slice them up? Well, well and obviously I can't speak to, like, George Lucas's mindset and everything. But when you think of lightsabers, which are totally not the same as laser swords, just saying. Um, <laughs> when you think of lightsabers, when you're they're swinging them... Like 9.5 times out of 10, they're swinging it at someone or something. So like in lightsaber duels, the most the classic thing is, you know, the lightsaber clash. You go, so to retract that at that moment would potentially mean their death or serious injury. Not to mention, like, we're talking like super fast reaction time, which, yes, I know Jedi and Sith technically have. But when you're facing another force wielder, that's a big risk. And we have seen at times... Um, them getting clever with turning their lightsabers on and off, or uh, if you remember Star Wars Rebels, Ezra having the pistol at, in his hilt, so mm-hmm. kind of deflect. So they, they've gotten creative, and yes, my laser swords are uh, retractable. We see that multiple times, but uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where you could do it, but you're putting yourself at risk because if you do it at the wrong time or you don't react quick enough, you're gonna leave yourself wide open to a strike. So. Ooh, and, as for how, and as for how the science works, it works because it does. So, it just, <laughs> so are these they're able to cut through like everything in this world, or is there certain elements that stop it? Uh, currently, I don't want to say this can't be changed later on. You know, not unlike you know, Superman with his uh, kryptonite and all that stuff. But currently, they are basically like lightsabers. I just don't say that, obviously. <laughs> well, that's why I always do the laser swords thing, because A, just gets a laugh, and B, I can't say lightsabers legally. No, so. I know, I know. Like, George Lucas is like, alright, hold on. what do he say? <laughs> the laser swords, George! The laser swords! Get him, Disney! Uh, <laughs> no! Uh, but no, uh, they, they're basically like lightsabers. They can cut through metal, they can cut through people, and we see that in the series multiple ways. Uh, I mean, people get killed by these swords all the time, including in the opening 
uh, panels of or opening pages of, of number one where Miko just goes to town and kills people because she can and she does. She's a feisty little 16 year old. And but we also see it cut through other things and uh, we'll see more of that going forward. But it's it's I wanted to give an impact because if we're taking away the guns, the replacement has to be something as meaningful. And so the laser swords, as we as we note in the canon, they were meant to just fill a power vacuum, but then they became something that, you know, because of the technology, everyone can have if they really wanted to. And that's what gives rise to the five factions that are trying to take over Tokyo. And here, actually, let me give you a brief synopsis for those who haven't heard of Tokyo Blade Detectives. It's set 200 years in the future. Japan has been burned to the ground by war and rebuilt with futuristic technology. And to stop the madness that they blame for the wars, they have outlawed all guns. And there is a way that they prevent the guns from being brought back. But that's a mystery for another time. And so the laser swords are their way of both returning to a simpler time while also embracing the technology that they have created for themselves. But that gives rise to five factions that are trying to take over the government in their own ways and reshape Japan, their own image. And now a 16-year-old detective named Miko is getting caught up in all of this and gets a case that's going to change everything. So, yeah. You know, that kind of gives me... um... Things New York vibes, uh, where you know the five the five uh, factions fighting uh, to to rule yeah. them all. Yeah. Oh, to rule them all, one ring, one laser sword <laughs> to rule them all, all <laughs> laser sword to bind them. Uh, but yeah, it's it is that kind of a thing. And we the first arc was very important to me because I wanted to show just how dangerous this version of Tokyo was. So we introduced like all five factions in their own way within the arc, and then the second one was uh our, our current arc with issue seven is a part of uh we fully addressed the last faction that we didn't really touch on in the first one which was the the nine tails which is a reference to naruto uh basically everything in this comic is a reference to anime in one way or another because it's my love letter to all the anime i've grown up on and have watched so times can uh you know goku beat any of these characters in this comic yes (laughs) goku can beat all the characters Okay. Yeah, I know the question nowadays is, can they beat Goku? Yes. No, no. Actually, in this case, no. In this case, no. They're my... Okay. If we're being technical, Goku could die from a laser sword. Because he's technically... I mean, he's saying... So... I gotta think about this now. See, well, no, a sword, well, a sword cut off uh, Vegeta's tail. So, I mean, they, they, they can be you know, penetrated yeah, by a regular sword. Okay, so if we're if we're being technical here, yes, I would say that Goku could be killed by the laser swords in Tokyo Blade Detectives. The problem is feats, and by feats I mean like feats of speed, because even in base form, Goku is like many times faster than light, or at least very mm-hmm. very close. And that's before he goes Super Saiyan, Super Saiyan God, Blue, and blah 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 Ultra Instinct. So even in base form, he could blitz anyone in this series. Now there are characters like the Nine Tails who have phasing which would make them difficult to hit, but that doesn't mean they could get to Goku in time. <laughs> so, uh, that's a so, great question. Can they yes, beat Goku? Yes. Well, kind of? I mean, if he stood, like, still, if he if he was an idiot and goes, ooh, I want to see what a laser sword feels like, shock! Which he would, I think. I think that would be a very Goku thing for him to yeah. do. Or at that's... least, like, let them power up enough to be a worthy fight. Yeah, so, I mean, there, there are characters who have certain abilities because of the technology they have. Uh, like the Tao and the Nine Tails, but on a base level, Goku would stomp all of them. Not just because of his speed and strength, but his key. There's nothing like key in Tokyo. 
mm -hmm. technically a detective. So it's very much rooted in technology and even the things you think are mystical are all just technology in disguise. And that was a key thing I wanted to have here. There is no magic in this world. There is simply technology and how you wield it. And how the five factions wield it is entirely different from one another. Ooh, so, I love that. Thank you. That so was another... Issue seven is a heavy hitting issue. So this is part of the second arc. Yes. And we, you know, I wanted to ask that question about uh, the laser swords because, you know, you know, what was shown on the Kickstarter, uh, someone from the Nine Tails takes uh, a laser sword to the face, <laughs> uh, to the face. And I'm like, dude, this is such a brutal scene. I mean, holy crap. Uh, you know, it seems like you got a little bit more brutaler uh, with this issue. Yeah, well, it, this series as a whole, I would argue is my most violent. <laughs> series like i most of the comics i've talked to you about before like home 10,000 miles guardians they have action but it's the kind where you know you can find in a saturday morning cartoon and not be like turned off by it but with anime you have to hit hard most times than not uh, even go even like you know dragon ball like remember when napa chopped off tien's arm oh, like god, I'm, a yeah. I'm a kid and i'm watching that and i'm like oh my god or when so, frieza hit krillin with the horn to the stomach that was I, brutal too oh i was thinking about that the other day i'm like ow that hurts and then like when he just like lifts him up and blows him up mm -hmm. like nothing like Ooh. so brutal exactly but that's what anime is like that's it's meant to have the violence to show that you know things do happen when you have people with these powers and abilities so that that was why in the opening scenes of number one uh i had miko kill a bunch of people because i wanted to show she don't mess around she'll kill you it doesn't matter that she's 16 and then for this issue we're, we uh have a flashback scene with mishio our other main character uh where we talk about his past life and yeah he basically takes his laser sword and, and shoves it into the eyes of the main, the main villains that we meet named Rika. And um, yeah, it's dark. And then the replacements she gets are just as creepy. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, like I told Lom, I was like, okay, look, we're going to basically chop her eyes out with the sword. So A, make that brutal. B, here's how it needs to look. I actually gave her a Doctor, a Doctor Strange reference. If you remember Kaecilius with how his eyes looked after he got mm -hmm. the Dormammu magic, that was the reference I used. I'm like, do that but with cybernetics and he goes okay and the results speak for themselves if you wanted to yeah. bring up that page oh yeah but, no, uh, i have those uh, on a image slideshow everyone watching on job for a cody if you head over to keeping a geekly we have a completely different animated look we have the interiors on an image slideshow next to us oh. uh, overall better experience uh what you guys are seeing right now is just you know plain old me and then todd the todd black with the majestic hey. curls uh so i think right now would be a perfect segue let's pull up that kickstarter and check out all the hype we are looking at tokyo blade detectives issue 7 currently at 991 dollars of a 750 dollars goal 58 backers and 14 days left to go so i mean closing in right on 60 backers and a thousand dollars how are you feeling right now about this campaign uh i'm feeling good about it the, the biggest thing is obviously you just want to get funded you know and for me i always know that's a risk even with a lower amount like 750 dollars that uh you, you don't know if you're going to get backed and a, a thing i've been noticing with tokyo when this is not an insult at all is that sometimes people will pledge the higher backers in like previous campaigns but then they'll lower their amounts because they've already gotten the thing that they pledged to before so like uh, i had a person pledge 30 dollars last time because it got them uh, a complete catch-up of the series, but they don't need that whole yeah, thing now, so yep. they pledge to 10. And you have to think about that when you're doing your Kickstarter, because if you had someone pledge, as we'll get down to the rewards, $150 to get all my comics, they don't need to do that twice. So, I have to account for them ha not having as much. But, yes, we got there. We were at 60 back, which is a good number. My goal is 100. 
which is not impossible, especially since we're really close to 60 right now. And especially some of your, your viewers come and help me out. You know, do it for the hair. Do, do it for the hair. hair. Do it for the hair. So if you pledge, I will cut off a lock of my hair. No, I won't. Uh, <laughs> I will cut off a digital version of my hair. Yes. You'll get an NFT. Oh, I can't say that. Uh, <laughs> no, I know you don't like NFTs. I hate them too. But yeah, uh, it, it, I'm happy with where I am. I'm just, I'm always happy when someone just supports me. Like, mm -hmm. it's just a great thing. I never expected to be in a position where I've had, with this issue included, 13 straight uh, Kickstarter successes. I never expected to be there. I was just trying to get home funded. And I got it, and I got the whole mini series done. And I'm like, okay, can I do it again? Can I do it again? Can I do it again? I'm just, I'm throwing the dice every single time. <laughs> I'm not afraid to admit that. And I'm trying to build myself up, build up my fan base, and show them that, hey, I, I produce good work. My team produces good work. We'll get it out to you. I do my best to get the, the rewards out to every backer as quickly as possible. And I'm grateful to every single person that helps. And to, to support that, if you look at the rewards, do we have a $1 pledge? And if you can only pledge a dollar, that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, because that helps the backer count, which makes it get closer to 100. And I will send you a nice thank you email to thank you for your support. And so, uh, real quick though, I mean, we're looking at some of these interiors right here, gorgeous interiors. What are we seeing happening on Fold right now with, uh, you know, what's on display? Okay, so if you go to the page above that, uh yeah that one we are seeing the origins of rika who is one of our main villains we she debuted in the uh the last page of last issue and uh we're seeing her origins to show that she actually started at the bottom of the nine tails which we say right see right there i am the ninth tail and then when you fast forward to the present she's the leader so something happened between that point and now mm -hmm. and part of that involves mishio you know gouging her eyes out <laughs> so she, she's got quite a history, and if she's the first tail, which is the highest rank of the nine tails, she's the boss. Like, she is the best of them, by far, hard to beat, and uh, yeah, those are her cybernetic eyes. Mm -hmm. I love that panel. I shouldn't, but I love that panel. It's, it's dark. So, so creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I, I noticed the scar in between, and it makes sense, you yeah. know, with, uh, you know, what happened after, you know, yeah. scrolling down and kind of yeah, seeing the flashback. Down. Yeah, that, that's another great page. Lom does great action sequences, which I really appreciate. So, and and there's another example of like the laser sword clashes and why you don't phase out when you're doing that, because mm -hmm. because he would have gotten hit if you if you didn't do that. So, but yes, if you want to scroll down to the kill shot, uh, or not the kill shot, she's still alive. But there you go, because she swears revenge on him. He's like, "You killed my master. Prepare to die." Like you, I'll keep fighting you. I will. I know. I've seen your face. And she goes, "He goes, okay. I'll take your eyes then." Shake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and he mentioned the 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 mark on the nose area. I had to think about that because I'm like, okay, if he cut, if he was able to slice out both her eyes, it wouldn't just be the eyes that was affected; it would be part of the rest of her body, including the mm -hmm. nose area. So I had to think about that in the art, like, hey, make sure you have the you bridge the slice, and he did. So details matter, ladies and gentlemen. Details matter. So I mean, it is one explosive series. Let's go ahead and check out the rewards, though. Of course, so. Right here, we have uh, Entering Tokyo's Chase, so $3 or more, and you can get Issue 7 in PDF form. I think that's an outstanding price for your, your first, yeah. you know, for the issue for 7 for a PDF. Uh, I always but, try and make it affordable because, it's, but even now, post-pandemic, you know, money's still tight. Inflation mm -hmm. sucks. And you, <laughs> and to be blunt here, you're, you're supporting, I don't want to say a guilty pleasure, but like a, a, a hobby, you know, mm -hmm. a side hustle 
that for both sides here, you know? Like, I want to make comics full-time, but I can't, which is why I have to do Kickstarter. And then those who read comics are paying money to, to read them, and I, and I appreciate that. But that doesn't mean you're going to shell out, you know, $20 for a PDF. That's unrealistic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially when all I have to do is literally just email it to you. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, don't mind, I don't mind doing $3 at all. It's perfectly fine. At five or more, you'll get that PDF, and then you'll also get updates on issue eight as well as it's getting made. So, you know, two yep. bucks extra and you get in on the know. Ten bucks or more, you get the digital Tokyo collection. So you get issues one through seven. That's one hell of a price for the digital yeah. catch-up tier. This is, this is one of the most important things for me because I know that there are people out there who don't know what Tokyo is, including some of your viewers right now, no doubt. And so they're saying, okay, but this is for, you know, number seven can i get one through six and that's why i actually put in the uh the tagline for this kickstarter back issues available because mm -hmm. i want to make it clear that if you're new to this series there are multiple ways to get all these comics including a physical one which we'll get to a little bit later and yeah 10 bucks for the whole collection that's a really great deal and i'll probably keep it at that price point going forward just to help people out so because i want them to catch up and to see the full experience and wonder how did we get to this point because this mm -hmm. is the second arc the first arc is just as good and uh, so, you know, again, keeping it affordable, keeping it simple and encouraging people to pledge no matter what they are available to afford, uh, able and to afford. We have at $10 or more, you can get the, uh, issue seven physical copy yes. in your hand. So awesome price for that as well at 15 Tokyo's way of saying thank you. So you get your name uh, put into the thank you section at the front of the book. A very and popular also, one. Like that, that one surprised yeah. me with how many people want that. I always get like 10 plus backers, uh, a pop every campaign and that just shows how much they like seeing their name in the comic i guess oh yeah seeing your name is, is awesome in a book it's it stays there forever you know yeah. this is one of my personal favorites and another popular one amongst fans uh if you pledge 15 dollars there you will get basically every single comic i've ever made Ooh, awesome price on that as yeah. well 45 books in total so how many pages would you say that is oh god um well part of that is also my sherlock holmes novel so that kind of skews it but in terms of comic pages um, let's see. Guardians is 400 pages. 100 pages of home. Uh, 70. So that's uh, 500 right there. 73 for 10,000 miles. So that's 573. Plus all of Tokyo because that would come in that package. Um, let's just say a lot. <laughs> Outstanding prices. I mean, that's like a week's worth of reading for 15 bucks. At 20 yeah. bucks or more, you get Tokyo's offers physical. So you get. Uh, issue seven in a physical copy, but the rest of the series too. So twenty bucks for the physical catch up. Yeah. So uh, wow. The, no, no that, that that's a lot. Of, this is just number seven in the digital oh, collection. Okay. My, yeah. My my apologies. Which is, Sorry. That's no, fine. Which has also been surprisingly popular over the years. You don't have any right now, but that's just fine. Uh, there some people like the digital, and they want the next issue. So why not, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the next one is also an important one. If you want to scroll down, uh, for twenty five dollars, I will do a uh, basically a portfolio review of your comic script. So if you want to get into comics as a writer and you're wondering if your script is, I don't want to say worthy, but let's just say good enough for right now. <laughs> uh, I, I, there's a way to sugarcoat this. All right. Like if you don't know if you're, if you're up to par, there we go. Mm -hmm. If it's up to par and you want a second opinion from someone who's written comics, I will happily help. You can see we got a backer on that one already because um, I want to pay it forward. Because I had, yeah. I have had to ask help from so many of my comic friends and mentors. I'm like, is this good? Does this sound all right? Like my edit, <laughs> my editors have been godsends at times, including here on Tokyo. Like, you know, so let's do this with this page. Hey, we should probably have this here. You know, 
this, I will impart what I have learned onto you and try and help you as much as I can so that you feel better about your script or know that this is a good script. And I will be mm -hmm. honest, but fair, I promise. So. And then at 30 or more, Tokyo's physical collection. Yes. So you, you get the whole series in physical form for yeah. 30. Uh, 50 or more, get drawn into Tokyo's new issue. So outstanding price to yes. get drawn into the series. Holy crap. Yeah, and as you can tell, we have uh, seven people there, seven out of ten. So we're almost out. So if you yeah. want to get drawn into a comic book, uh, this is uh, this is a good reward for that. And I already know with the page where you will be in. So that's actually been a little bit for this issue, especially it was difficult to find a place to draw everyone in because mm -hmm. based on where everything is, there's not a lot of people around. So I'm like where do i put everyone so thankfully i worked it out and it's actually a good place to show off everybody but uh this is easily one of my most popular rewards every single time i'm amazed that so many people pledge to this tier it's, it's and, awesome and, and hey people just like being like hey i was in this comic book mm -hmm. it's i've had it since home and it's been great every time so yeah and then we have tokyo helps uh helps you make comics at 75 so yeah. uh, give us a little bit about this okay this is the it's like the expansion model of the $25 one this is I will help you in every way possible to make your comic so it'll start with a script and we'll make sure that's that's good for both sides and mm -hmm. then I will give you uh places where you can try and find an artist like I know some good Facebook groups that uh offer good people I actually found Lom Vivon on a one such com a Facebook group then I would uh you know help you make sure that you understand you know pricing you know is this fair does this work for you and then if you want to do the kickstarter route which i would recommend depending on your financial situation uh i will help you set up your kickstarter i would i would advise like what wants to look at what rewards you should go to using both mine and others as a base plate and you know help make sure that it looks good like for me i always make sure that i put the pages first Mm -hmm. I just I always like that that way they go right from the video to the pages and then the explanation so that they know visually right off the bat what they're getting oh, and I, I would like I, and I would impart that upon them like you know make sure you have at least five pages uh I do 10 for Tokyo just because I can uh but and I also try and get it out as soon as possible so that helps too but again like how much did you have before the Kickstarter should you keep working during the Kickstarter I would impart as much knowledge as I can so that you can get your comic done period because that, fit. Sorry, that, that's, the, that's the hardest thing is that you know everyone says i want to make comics you know we, we've all heard that cody mm -hmm. but the will to do it and the knowledge to do it right can be the difference maker between making one comic and making you know 45 no, absolutely i almost failed on that part because i did i did some bad things early on with guys this is true i did i did i made some big mistakes when i made guardians at first and i had to rebound hard to mm -hmm. continue on and i would you know impart that on and like you know great you found a great artist don't <laughs> don't hire them if you can't afford them for multiple issues yeah, you know yeah. like if they if they charge 200 bucks a page can you afford 200 bucks a page like yeah. ask seriously ask yourself that so you know because there, there's a lot that goes into making a single kickstarter and to try to make it work like and, and that's the other thing is of course marketing promoting we were talking about, about that before the show cody and you know getting onto shows like yours to you know spread the word and seeing who's willing to promote indie comics it's a process and i would help you mm -hmm. throughout every step of that process because i want you to make comics and bring your idea to life just like i have brought mine absolutely so. and then we have uh last but not least pledge 150 or more we wanted all my other series but prefer everything in physical form pledge here so you get all Almost 40 comic issues mailed directly to you at 150 or more. Outstanding price right there. 
Yep. And uh, with that being said, guys, right here is the link. Be sure to check this out. Uh, Todd, you've been on before. You know the drill. For anyone who might be on the fence about backing, I mean, what would you say to them to kind of help push them over that you know fence and get them get them to back your book? Okay, the, the easiest thing is this. Okay, do you see this hair? All right, do you see this hair? All right, this is the hair of a man you should support. Like, ladies, look at your man. Now back to me. Now back to your man. Now back to me. Sadly, he's not me. Why? He doesn't have this. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. No. I put, and I hope this conveys, I put as much passion and love into every single comic that I make because these are the ideas that have been with me for so long. And I really want to tell these stories and I want to a story that people can enjoy and people have enjoyed tokyo i mean i have averaged about 100 backers for every single kickstarter which has blown my mind mm -hmm. and i want nothing more than to you know continue sharing it and so if you're a fan of anime read this comic because it's really great we have tons of anime references and just references to japan in general I, I did a lot of study on japan just to make sure i got certain things accurate and if you're a fan of just like really stylized comics, we have some epic action scenes. We only <laughs> teased them in here before. We have a, a chase scene later on in the comic, which is a lot of fun. And if you're just into good comics and characters, I've got some really great stuff in here, including some new characters. Like uh, I, we actually teased one at the end of page five. Someone's coming through the ceiling, but who is it? You'll have to see to find out. Um, and if nothing else, if you need like one more reason to really back this comic besides the great art style, the great writing, which sorry, I, I, I like to think I'm a good writer um, and good characters. We have a reference in this comic to a legendary uh, anime Ooh. and manga. We have the ultimate anime reference. Cody, I am honored to say that this is the issue where we have the Akira slide. Let's yes. go. And I, ha I, I saw it is done is beautiful and so we are adding to the legacy of the akira slide so if you're a fan of akira read this solely for the akira slide okay for everything else too but the akira slide is there and well like i love this comic i would not be here cody if i did not think this was a worthy comic and it's a lot of fun it's got a lot of action some really fun twists and i just love this version of tokyo that i've created and i was asked on a recent show you know, how long am I going to keep this going? I've got so many ideas, Cody. I've got so many ideas for so many arcs. I know where we're going to be mm -hmm. at issue 25, issue 50, Ooh. and beyond. I know characters that won't be here for dozens of issues, but I have them in my head because I know how they're going to play into the overall narrative. But I love this story. I want to keep it going as long as possible. And if I can bring in some more people to check it out and say, hey, this is actually really cool, then I'm going to do all I can to make that happen. So give us a chance. We have some really great rewards, as you saw really low prices and you, again you, you can only share it or pledge one dollar that helps and i would be mm -hmm. grateful so that's awesome so todd i mean you've been on the show before uh you know the drill uh for anyone i, I guess looking to make sure they have a successful first kickstarter would be a big piece of advice you could offer them to kind of help them make sure it gets off to a better start than it normally would well the, the first thing is make sure you have something to show like i said uh when i started i actually when I was doing my first Kickstarters, I was, you know, very much fish out of water. I didn't really understand what I was doing. So I'm like, oh yeah, here's what you, why well, I'm going to make this stuff. You should totally back me. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I really didn't. I mean, my, my first three Kickstarters were failures. So I didn't convey what I, I could do well, but with home, I'm like, okay, I got to change things up. So I made sure I had the first five pages done again. I, I need to show them what i could do or what my team could do mm -hmm. and then i made sure i explained everything well and then the rewards you know appeal to everyone 
you know, digital comics readers, physical comic readers. Um, if you're, if you happen to be an artist who also writes, a awesome. B don't be afraid to make put like commissions as yep. a reward because people will totally go for that or uh, or a uh, uh, variant covers. You know, I know a lot of people are on the fence on them, but if you can get a good variant cover, by all means, try it. There's always someone who will want that extra really cool art, especially if you mm -hmm. get a really big artist. And there's some good artists for decent prices out there who will help with that. You know, don't be afraid to cast a wide net so you can catch as many people as possible. That's what I try to do with my rewards. And I have been very steady in the ones that I have done over the years. So, and, and the, another thing, look at other Kickstarters. Like if you were to push the $75 tier, I wouldn't just show you my Kickstarters. I would show you some of my friends' Kickstarters, which have done more successful than me mm -hmm. or ones that have done, you know, tens of thousands of dollars worth of, uh, worth of uh, pledges. And you're like, well, why are they doing that? Well, there are reasons. There are multiple reasons at times. And if I look, yeah. Huh? The hair. Uh, actually, in their case, no, it's not the hair. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, I can make a joke here, but I'm, I'm going to keep this clean. Um, there, there's but there's many reasons and you have to look at these other kickstarters and say okay is are they doing something that i can do mm -hmm. you know, because every kickstarter is different and as many of my friends have told me this year kickstarter has been weird recently you know there's a lot of bots attacking people and like making pledges and then deducting them for i've know. seen that that is wild it's too horrible. like why do you think they do that because people are mean because <laughs> like Aries, you think you had a hundred backers it would be a pity if someone cancelled oh no it was 95 <laughs> it's like I oh know. you need a thousand dollars to fund let me go ahead and do that and then uh, minutes before you uh complete the thing like cancel it i've seen that yeah i've I've legit seen that and it scared the crap out of me because I had a $500 backer one time and oh, I'm like, no. please don't cancel, please don't cancel. And thankfully he didn't. He's actually been one of my longtime backers, but it scared the crap out of me because I'm like, <laughs> I would not have gotten funded without that $500 thing. But that's the mm -hmm. other thing is that the mental state because you are going to be sweating throughout this Kickstarter and you need to do your best to cast the wide net to go onto shows like Keep It Geekly and others so that you can spread the word, use social media as best you can. And then as I'm still learning, you know, years into my comic career, you got to learn to build up your audience and to retain them and to connect with them in multiple ways so that they know that the Kickstarter is on. Mm -hmm. And it's a process. And even if you fail your first one, that doesn't mean you're going to fail your second or your third one. I failed three in a row, including one that I really put a lot of effort into with the video, with the art and having comics already done. I still failed, but I picked myself up and I made home and I've had 13 straight successes. I love it. And so there's a lot that goes into these. But if you take your time, you do your research, you put in the effort, you're at least going to have a chance. And then once mm -hmm. you, if you succeed, remember what you did and then try and do it again. And then try and do it again. And then try and do it again. You know? Because as long mm -hmm. as you have comic ideas, Kickstarter is, in my opinion, the best place to try and fund them. It is all or nothing, but it is so satisfying when you reach that funding goal, get beyond it, and then you get to make your comic. Because it's really, really cool. Absolutely. Some awesome advice there, Todd. And like we were talking backstage, uh, things are a little bit different. We end with uh, what you're consuming. So, I mean, outside of creating, you know, what are you watching lately? What are you playing? You know, what, what, what do you like? Well, as we were talking about, the biggest thing I've been playing is a little game called uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Like, I, I hear it's a niche title. It totally hasn't sold 10 million copies in its first three days, heaven forbid. Um, but yes, that has been consuming my weekend. I literally, today will be the least amount of time I've played it since I got it. Just Ooh. because I, I, I'm, I'm so busy today, and it's fine. 
but I'm like, okay, I don't have time for Tears of the Kingdom until like later, so let's like get everything done so I have no excuses. But I've been playing at least, I think I'm close to 20 hours already, so that's that's been fun. In terms of watching, I watched The Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 a few weeks ago. Very good, solid ending to the trilogy. Uh, thank you, James Gunn, for bringing these characters to life on the big screen. Uh, let's see, television... Well, we're in season finale territory, so there's a lot of things, you know, starting to end, including the Flash season mm-hmm. nine is finally it's finally heading to its final episodes. And not a fan. <laughs> season nine's been kind of a chore, but you they know, can keep you, on running, right? Run right away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just keep running that away, Barry. Um, but yeah, and I, I'm looking forward to certain other things that are going on but i also support the writer's strike that's going mm-hmm. on even though it's going to hold up hollywood because the writers absolutely deserve to get paid and i'm not just saying that because i'm a writer i'm just saying but uh you know there's there's a lot of things going on and uh i wish you i wish we had talked to her in march because i would have talked about john wick for for like an hour uh <laughs> love john wick so you know just Watching TV shows and movies are my way of keeping it geekly in many ways. Ooh, hey, you know? name drop there. Thank you. Yeah, you did. Thank you. But uh, yeah, there's there's always something that I try and look forward to, whether it's a movie, a TV show, or a video game, and I highly recommend that for all of you because sometimes it's the little things that get you through the show. It is. It is. Hey, guys. And with that being said, if you are watching, we will be live streaming uh, the brand new uh, Legend of Zelda game as well. I mean, got the little uh, me bra right here, so pay to win whenever I need to. Uh, we'll be doing that a little bit later. But with that being said, it is time for us to wrap up. Hope you all have a lovely new comic book day. Right there is the link. Make sure you back this. And if you're unable to, just share it with a friend. We have a A5 expert over on Twitch. Curls get the girls, absolutely. And I mean, Todd has tons of curls. Holy crap. Uh, Guys, make it happen. Sign up today. Share it today. With that being said, it's time for us to wrap up. I hope you all have a lovely Wednesday. But most importantly, keep it geekly.